Bibles, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Hear the word of God. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Okay, so over the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about overcoming fear. A three-part sermon series on overcoming fear. So first, just to make sure I know what kind of audience we have, who has never had fear in their life? Wait, I should put my hand down. Okay, I didn't think I'd see any hands go up. I'm glad I didn't, because fear is part of life. It is actually natural, but can also be very irrational. It is a natural part of our makeup because without fear, we could allow ourselves to be put into dangerous situations. If you see a hot stove and you see the bright glow of the orange, you know not to touch it for fear of being burnt, right? That's a healthy fear. But if you don't even want to use the stove because you know it could burn you, that's where it becomes irrational. So we take this thing that we have in our lives called fear, and we use it properly, life goes well. We stay out of danger. But if we let it go too far, and who's the judge of how too far is? That's between you and the Lord. But if we let it go too far, it can become something that it was never intended to be. Some examples might be, and you know, if I give out these examples, and if you have this fear, please don't think I'm trying to say that you are a crazy person or that you are irrational. I'm not saying that. But sometimes fears become like a fear of elevators, something that helps us get to a higher floor. Some people have such a strong fear of elevators that they take steps to avoid it. Okay, that was really bad. That was a bad dad joke there. But fear of enclosed spaces, fear of spiders, fear of snakes, fear of fire, fear of public speaking. I'm glad I don't have that fear. But these fears, they, they can be something that we create in ourselves. They can be a result of some kind of a trauma experience we had. Or sometimes it's by a force that we do not see. Many times in our lives, there is a demonic force coming against us, causing fear. We never see these demonic spirits. Sometimes we don't even believe that they're there, but they are very much around us all the time. And they can lead us to an unhealthy fear. 
When I was 11 years old, I was in a car, my uncle's car. My uncle is six years older than me. Born, I was born on his sixth birthday. So he was 17. He had a 77 Camaro that he had restored. It was a very nice car. And we're driving down the road. My brother's in the back seat. And I see this little tiny, thin line of smoke coming up from his glove compartment. He should have stopped right then and there. But no, he goes, well, we're close to home. I'm going to keep going. And next thing I know, I see two pillars of smoke coming from the glove compartment. And I said, what have you got in there? He says, just papers. Well, he says, I'm not going to go home. I'm going to stop at my friend's house. It's just five minutes away. We never made it to the friend's house because within a couple minutes, there was a flame coming from the dash underneath. And I pulled my feet up and I was sitting on the seat in the fetal position because there was fire at my feet. He pulled off the side of the road. I got out, ran into a cornfield. <laughs> the firemen found me in the cornfield. Um, my brother and my uncle got out of the car and the car just burst into flames within a few minutes before the fire department got there. But anyway, what, the reason I'm telling you this is that trauma caused a fear in me, a fire, for the longest time. I, my dad used to smoke. And so he would be at home and he'd light up a, a, his pipe. And when he hit that lighter, I started screaming. And he said, what's wrong? And my mom realized that, well, he was just in that car that was on fire and he has a fear of fire. So I had to overcome that because that was irrational. Now, we have a fear of fire and that we don't want to get too close to it. We know we can get burnt. But this was a tiny little flame coming out of a lighter and I would scream. So... The way I had to overcome that was to face it. And eventually I did. So there are ways to overcome fear. Sometimes it's facing the fear. At one time I had a fear of, of heights. I was the brand new pastor, first church I ever had, and I was only there for six months. <laughs> I went in, and two of the light bulbs had burned out, one on either side, and this church only had four light bulbs to begin with, and two of them had already been burned out. So basically, we were in the dark. And I thought, well, one of the trustees will come in and change the light bulbs. Well, though his wife, the main trustee, his wife was the organist and said, well, he's not coming today. He's sick. So I had to climb a ladder, about a 20-foot ladder, and go up and change light bulbs. I never had a fear of heights ever since. I climb ladders all the time now. So sometimes it's facing the fears that can help you overcome them. But over the next three weeks, I want to talk about biblical ways that we can overcome fear. Now, after these three weeks, hopefully you'll be on your way to overcoming some of your irrational fears, if you have any. But certainly don't want to say we're going to cast out fear completely. That's not the goal, because sometimes fear is a very good thing. But the very first thing we want to talk about is faith. Now, if I have, let's say I have some germs on a, a countertop or there's a foul smell coming from my countertop, I can grab something like Lysol or Febreze and I can spray it. Hopefully it'll kill the germs, neutralize the odor, right? That's one way to overcome something like that. If I'm hungry, I can grab something to eat, like a, an apple or an orange or uh, a sandwich or something. That's how I can curb my hunger pains. If I want to drive here, 
if I want to come to church, I can get in my car, turn the key, and drive here, and that's how I can move from St. Clairsville to Belair very quickly, right? Well, what do all of those things have in common? Oh, you're comparing apples and oranges, Phil. No, what they all have in common is they're external. They're external. Lysol is something we can see, we can spray, it's external, right? Apples, oranges, sandwiches, they're all external. We put them into our mouth. A car, truck, whatever you have, a bicycle, even if you walk, it's all external. But there's something about each of them that they do have in common, other than being external, and that, that is that we act in faith when we use them. Does anybody here, RJ's not here, so probably nobody, but is there anybody here who, that knows when you spray that, what is actually happening to kill that, those germs or neutralize that odor? Anybody here a chemical engineer? No, but we do it anyway because we believe it works, right? You don't sit there and say, I don't know how this works, so I'm not going to use it. No, you take it and you spray. When you grab the food, you don't, do you know how inside your body, how the, your, the acid in your stomach is breaking down the food and how it's taking the oxygen out of that food and sending it out through your body? We don't know how that works, how we get energy from our food. I mean, maybe we do, maybe you've studied it, but most people just, well, I'm going to eat it. You don't say, I don't know how this is going to fuel my body, so I'm not going to eat it. You just eat it. And car and a truck. How does that internal combustion engine work? How does that electric spark from that spark plug ignite that gasoline and cause those pistons to go up and down? We just turn the key. Sometimes when your cars get older, we turn the key and pray, please start. <laughs> but we turn the key and we put it in gear and we come here, right? So every day we use faith and we don't even think about it. So what, the first way we overcome fear is with faith. Paul said to Timothy, he said, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelled in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. So he knew that Paul or that Timothy had faith. He says, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So he knew that God had put faith inside Timothy. He saw the faith inside of Timothy, and he's reminding him to fan it into flame. Fan it into flame. Let it burn deep within you. Because what's the next statement? For God did not give us a spirit of fear. He did not give us a spirit of fear. So I just said earlier that fear is a natural thing, right? Well, sure, it's an instinct. It's part of our natural, physical, emotional, mental state of being. It keeps us out of danger. Even if you don't have a fear of snakes, if you see 10 cobras sitting here, you're not going to walk up and start petting them, are you? For fear of being bit, or black widows, or whatever it may be. But this faith that God puts in us can overcome the spirit of fear that the devil puts in us. So many times in our lives, without us realizing it, we might hear, not 
audibly hear, but in our mind transfer these thoughts like, you're not good enough. People don't like you. You are not effective. You're failing. Has anybody ever experienced that? Does that come from God? Absolutely not. It comes from the devil because he wants to tear you down. In John chapter 10, he says that the Jesus refers to the devil as a thief and says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal the life we have. He wants to destroy and kill this life we have that Jesus, this abundant life that Jesus has given us. And he does it by whispering in our ear. His minions, his demons, they whisper and they become what we know as familiar spirits where they're constantly with us. It could be doubt, it could be fear, it could be anxiety, and and fear leads to anxiety and depression. Or as Yoda says, fear leads to the dark side. We know that because the devil is the dark side. But how do we overcome this fear with faith? Well, faith is greater than fear. Faith is greater than fear. But what is faith? Hebrews 11.1, faith is believing in what we cannot see and knowing that it's real. Remember I said we use faith all the time, every day. I do not see the fire burning inside my engine when I turn that car on. I do not see the germs being killed when I spray that Lysol, but I believe that it's real. I do not see... God sending his angels to remove these demons from around me, but I believe it's real. Am I being irrational by believing this? Well, my experience tells me that I've heard those voices say I'm not good enough, that people don't like me. But when I turned to God and said, God, help help me overcome this, I'm turning to a being I can't see, and I'm saying, help me, and I'm helped. That's what faith does. You see, God is so powerful that no one can come against him. The devil can't come against him. The demons can't come against him. We can't come against him. He is the most powerful being in, that, that exists. I almost said in the world, but it's beyond the world. He's the most powerful being ever. Nothing comes against him, but we don't see him. We don't hear him audibly. We can't touch him, taste him, but we know he's real. And when we take that step of faith, just like we do every day, turning the key, spraying, eating, whatever it may be, when we take that step of faith, God honors that. You know why? Because it goes against our nature. Our nature is to not have faith. Our nature is to ignore faith. The easy way out is to ignore faith. If we were water, which flows to the path of least resistance, we would flow away from faith because it's least resistant. Faith requires us to let go of control. Faith requires us to rely on someone we can't see. Faith requires us to say, I don't have the strength to do this on my own. And that's what God wants, because that's knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. 
that he has died for us, he has strengthened us, he has redeemed us. And when we take that step and say, God, I need help to overcome this, he honors it all the time. And you might say, well, I have asked that prayer. I have. And God just doesn't seem to show up for me. Okay. I'm sure that you perceive that as happening. Okay. But God does always show up when we ask him to. It's a promise. And so much so that he tells us more than anything else in the Bible, more than anything else, fear not. Did you know that? That that is used, that phrase is used more than any other phrase in the Bible. Fear not. In so many places. I could rattle off a bunch of them right now. Fear not. But let's talk about Peter for a second. Matthew chapter 14. Jesus just preached, and he goes up on the mountain to pray. He tells his disciples, go across the sea, I'll meet you there. So they get in the boat, they go across the sea, and then it starts to get a little stormy, and it's the fourth watch of the night, so it's probably the middle of the night. They look out and they see someone walking towards them. And the Bible says they were terrified. Terrified. We know that emotion, don't we? Terrified. They thought it was a ghost. And he says, fear not, it is I. And then Peter says, well, if it's really you, Lord, then tell me to come out of the boat and and walk to you. I mean, this guy's walking on water. Who does that? And he says, come. So Peter gets out of the boat, takes a couple steps, and then he looks and he sees the storm. (laughs) I'm walking on water. And he starts to go down. Notice that he didn't just fall down. The Bible says he starts to sink. Starts to sink. He didn't sink. He started to sink. He's still walking on water. He's just starting to sink. That's amazing. But his doubt came in and pushed the faith away. He walked on water for one or two steps because he had faith. But when he let the doubt in, He started to sink. So when you perceive that God isn't showing up for me, maybe we should ask ourselves, am I doubting? Am I not believing? Am I letting my faith be pushed out by fear or doubt or worry? And then you turn it back around and say, God, I was letting faith get away from me. Here I am again. And Jesus will reach out his hand and pull you up, just like he did with Peter. He'll reach out and pull you up. So this is something, I'm speaking in very abstract terms here, and I'm not giving you a 10-point list. You do these things and fear will leave. What I'm showing to you is that when you come to God and approach him in faith with boldness, I mean, you're approaching the Almighty. That's pretty bold. But when you do that and you say, God, I need you, I need help, I can't overcome, whatever it is, he reaches out his hand, just like he did with Peter, and he pulls you up, and he lets you walk on water. He carries you through, and that fear has to leave. I know in the past I've used the example of a magnet, when you bring two magnets that are opposite 
Um, I'm sorry, two that are the same. I said the same thing wrong last time, too. Like two positives, and you bring them together, and one gets pushed away. Well, think of the magnet as the stronger magnet is faith, and the weaker magnet is fear. That weaker magnet is going to get pushed away if they're the same charge. Faith is going to push fear away because faith is stronger. But if we do not use this faith that God has given us and fan it into flame to make it stronger, then that fear is going to come in. So let's talk for a moment about fanning into flame. What's, what's Jesus, what did Peter, or I'm sorry, Paul mean when he said, fan into flame the faith that is within you? If you've ever had a fireplace, there's this thing called a bellows. You know, it's got two handles and it's got a, like a vinyl, I guess, in between. It's pleated. And when you open it, it sucks the air in. And when you push it together, it pushes the air out. That force of air coming out, that tiny hole, will fan, if you will, the flame and make it grow stronger. You're forcing oxygen in again. I don't know how it works. I'm going on faith here, but it makes your fire stronger. If you had a fireplace, if you have one now, you may have a bellows, and it just makes that fire stronger. When you're trying to build a fire, sometimes people will get down and blow on it. That wind will make the flame stronger. So what Paul is saying is, make your faith stronger. Oh, didn't we already discuss this earlier in the Gospels? Didn't the disciples say, Lord, increase our faith? And he says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. So how do we reconcile that? Well, the faith as small as a mustard seed is the faith that God has given us. Okay? And when we use it, we are making it stronger. Because when I turn that key in my car and my car starts, I'm going to trust the next time I turn that key that it's going to start. The moment I turn that key and it does nothing, my faith is going to subside in that car, right? The minute I spray something and the smell doesn't go away, I'm going to lose my faith in Lysol. But when I do it and it works, I'm going to trust and it's going to become second nature. Oh, I got to go to the store. Turn the key. Go. So when you use your faith and when you say, I'm going to come to God, here it is, God, I'm fearful, here's my faith, here I am coming to you, please help me, and God does it, guess what? You're going to believe. But if you just say, well, God doesn't want to help me, then you're letting that fire go out. You're letting it go out. But what, what if you're afraid that God... You take it to God, and maybe he's busy that day, and no. God will help you. Be persistent. Do not give up. It may not be the right time. It may not be the right situation. It may be that something else still has to happen. But God will always show up for you and help you. So keep using those bellows, blowing on it, whatever it is. Fan that flame of faith, and God will increase it. We do it every day. Doing it with God is actually a lot easier. There's nothing physical involved with it. It's all spiritual, mental, in your mind, in your words. It's not about putting your hands together or getting on your knees. You can do that. 
But it's that spiritual connection with God that we cannot see that is the faith that will help us overcome fear. So this week, when you're fearful, talk to God and fan that flame of faith and see if he doesn't come through for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for giving us this wonderful gift of faith, something that so often we take for granted because we do it so much in our physical daily lives. But teach us and guide us and help us to understand that when we speak to you, Lord, when we read about you, Lord, when we worship you, Lord, that we are building and fanning that fan of that flame of faith. Build it in us, grow it in us, that we may walk in faith more and be called righteous because of our faith. We ask this of you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.